Welcome to Orange is the New Browns podcast. If today's game was like the Oregon Trail, we never got out of Fort Laramie. We dropped our supplies and we all had broken legs and died. Welcome to our show. Welcome back. It is the Orange is the New Browns podcast. I'm KT with a sore throat and Brian to my left. What's up, everybody? KT yelled too much. I yelled the entire game. If you're right now, your whole persona right now would be an Adam Sandler movie. It'd be anger management. That would be an understatement. Understatement of the year right now. Let's get right into it. We're talking Browns news. Browns news. Obviously, the news is we just flat out did not play. The we, first play we showed up. The first drive we had a we had a good first drive. Our defense looked good. Yeah. Our defense looked good first first couple drives. Well, the first drive the defense allowed a touchdown. And then, you know, after that it was like nothing. Let we, me let's explain this. I'm angry right KT now. KT wrote so notes, so he wrote, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Here's 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 a new segment. Oh, new segment. Fireside? No. No, no, okay. Not yet. That's <laughs> that's on a good day. This is KT's this is KT's Cleveland Browns points. This is KT's points. KT's points. All yeah. right. So, on KT's points, let's start. Today, we played the Tennessee Titans. Bing. Formerly known as the Houston Oilers. Bing. Another thing, we had a penalty right off the bat, which makes me love. I got to say it. I told y'all that the referees would be a problem, and they were. Bing. The penalty against Robinson at the very first was not a penalty. Bing. And I'm sure that they'll have another uh, apology starting tomorrow morning boop but that really didn't matter let's talk about the late hit on uh on the quarterback from whitehead bang it was definitely not vernon let's go to the personal foul where miles garrett lost his sense of who he is as a person and started acting like he was in college in a&m again he open-handed slapped a guy that was funny though (laughs) let's be honest with you so at least he didn't get kicked out for a a fist but he open-handed slapped a guy let's talk about bing Sheldon Richardson. Bing. He's roughing the passer. What? What? Let's talk about the offense. The offense stalemate after the first touchdown into the second quarter. Isn't that interesting? Bing. Let's talk about the offense. The pounding of the ball was not there at all. Ding. Two times. Ding. Three and three. Ding. Three and one. Ding. And we don't want to give Chubb the ball for some reason. Boop. Penalties, killing us with two exclamation marks. Ding. We go back. Personal foul call on Robinson, and then he's kicked out. Bing. Who would have thought? In the first half. He kicked a guy in the head. I know. It was not not good. The first half, four punts, four punts, multiple penalties, and a safety. Bing, boop, bing. So – I said it from the beginning, and this is my biggest talking point of the uh, of the rest of the time. We're we're not even going to worry about the penalties because we already know that that was ridiculous. Let's go back to what I said, probably the first or second podcast. I told y'all from the beginning that we shouldn't have traded somebody, and guess who we traded? Kevin Zeitler. And what did I say about this Browns offensive line? We're going out and buying weapons, but if nobody can protect Baker Mayfield, then what's the purpose of having those weapons? Because 
he can't get the ball to Odell. He can't get the ball to Landry if he's on his back. He's on his back a hundred million times because you cannot protect him. Yeah. And if you cannot protect your quarterback, the the franchise quarterback, then what happens today? This yeah. is what happens when you don't go out and buy an offensive line and they sit there thinking that, oh, we're not going to have Austin Corbett on, uh, as an active player. I don't need Austin Corbett. I thought Austin Corbett was a wasted draft pick. Again, another another reason why I'm super mad today. You're angry right now. So Kevin Zeitler why would is you? A whole, my whole issue with this Browns offensive line. Kevin Zeitz. He was a good pickup, by the way, a few, a few years back. So what you're saying yep. is that – the only person that should be paid millions of dollars to lay on their back is a high-class escort, not a quarterback of the Cleveland Browns. Exactly. Exactly, right? Our Browns quarterback needs to be up. We're in that agreement. So. so Baker Mayfield is not an escort. He is not. He's QB1. He's QB1. Protect him. He's not prostitute one. Not prostitute one. That's that. What would be a court case sounding like? Prostitute I mean, one. Yeah, pro, yeah. Jane Doe number one. Jane Doe. So it was a very frustrating game. Uh Let's just put it straightforward. KT is showing his, uh, in KT's talking points, our new segment. We're going to create some music somewhere in this thing. We'll but figure it out. here's situation. Here's situation. This is one of those games, and I mentioned it. We, ha- we have a phone call coming up with Brittany, and I mentioned it with Brittany that Brittany Mollis, a.k.a. our Northeast Ohio correspondent. Exactly. Officially. So officially. She's, she's, she's not, it's not mandatory. It's voluntary. But it's like voluntary for NFL standards. We want to get some sort of like scope of what was going on. So that's our conversation with her. This is the, the mood there in Cleveland, in Northeast Ohio. But here's the situation. We got punched in the mouth. We got punched right in the face. And we needed that punch. I hated that it came early on because I, I wanted this season to be a – I wanted this game for this season to be a statement. Because we're 1-18-1 and going into the season on home openers. Now we're 1-19-1 since 1999. So for 20 years, we've been punched in the mouth on our opening game. But what I was more afraid of in this, this, this team was lack of preparation, it looked like, and discipline. Is that we did come out strong, but we didn't start making adjustments and preparing for different scenarios and different things that the Titans were doing. They weren't doing anything abnormal. They weren't doing anything that was extraordinary. They had basic, blitz, basic blitzes. They were disguising their coverages until the very snap. That's what NFL teams do. You just have to work around that. But I'm glad this game's over because now we can build. Now we know where our bottom's at. We've hit our bottom right at the, right at the beginning. We're not waiting nine weeks down the road to hit our bottom. We hit our bottom today. A 30-point loss at home, home opener, the most anticipated game for the last 20 years for the Cleveland Browns, and that's including the playoffs back in 2002. This is the most anticipated Cleveland Browns game because all of our weapons – and now we got our we got our crap handed to us, and now we got to move forward and get better. That's my opinion. And I agree. I agree. Uh, I wouldn't say the lack of preparation. I thought the uh, first offensive drive was smooth. There was not really even the penalty that they that was not a penalty by Robinson. Uh, even with that penalty back block, which was not. I believe that the here's 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 the thing when you're undisciplined. And you put out 18 penalties for uh, over 180 yards. Yeah, you're going to lose that game, no matter what. That is number one. That is the number one issue for the game. Yeah, I would say the number one issue overall for the team is we don't have the offensive line 
like I've been saying it since day one. Week two. Week two. Week two, day one, you know, whatever. Tomato, Let's, tomato. I, I, I'm so mad right now about it. You are is mad. because I said it when we got OBJ. I was like, that, I'm all about having OBJ. Yeah. But we that cost us. I don't think it's well, obvious. OBJ it, didn't it's cost ob- us. It's Olivier obvious. Vernon cost us. It's, it's obvious that uh, losing Jabril Peppers was not a big deal. No. Uh, our defense looked stellar at times. There was, you know, there were shines. There's, there's, there were some shining moments, but some they bad, also were some bad extremely issues. undisciplined in the second quarter. But that's what happens when you're undisciplined the entire game, and it shows. 18 penalties, offense and defense. I mean, there were some, there were some shady calls. Right, we talk about the Robinson thing. Uh, obviously, <laughs> uh, I really was surprised that they actually called that on. Uh, Vernon, when it was actually Whitehead that actually took the late hit on yeah. on Mariota, and Vernon, that's and that's Vernon something Whitehead uh, uh, Whitehead's from the previous, you know, uh, previous team, so he should know that those penalties should not be happening yeah. at home. Period, and he made that mistake, and they try to blame it on Vernon. Obviously, not a big deal. Yeah, but we, it goes down to it. Now what happens? Now, like you said, it's over. We got punched in the face. But it's time to get back up, Rocky. But I'm going to call out one more, one more thing, for point talking points number three. Oh wow, number three, our fan base exodus at the last quarter on fourth quarter with nine something or eight something minutes left, and you walking out in the thousands. It reminded me when I went to Cleveland, Down by got blown out by the Bengals. Blown out. We stayed the whole game. I mean. I, even even if we were from Cleveland, I would still stay at that game. Why? Because it's called showing my support. Yeah. Through the thick and the thin. So, the ups and the downs. Let's get this out of our system now. Stop being babies. Start supporting your team. Support is the way that you build this team back up yeah. from a loss like that. Well, Baker Mayfield came out during his post-conference interview today and said that he knows people will throw the Browns in the trash now. Like, it's just part of it. So, expect this week, Browns fans, to hear the national media just trash this team and trash our season. It's going to happen. Don't be frustrated by it. Don't make death thre- Don't make any death threats. Don't do anything that's going to get you put in jail. Don't burn jerseys. Just turn off the TV. To put on, put down the Twitter. and just. I mean, you can fo- unfollow everybody but us because we're going to put out some great content. That's just what Obviously. we do all day long, all week long. That's what we do. Look towards us to be your guiding light here okay it's we, dark we times have, we have one we dark times we haven't stirred them steered them the wrong way no. right because look at the indians yeah we'll get back into tribe talk pretty quickly yeah so our teams is gonna it's we're gonna rebound okay and we're gonna rebound strong against the new york jets here's my prediction against the new york jets okay go we're for gonna it. win by 15 that's my prediction okay I don't, i'm not gonna give you the score it could be 15 to nothing or it could be 30 to 15 or 45 to 30 i don't care I would hope that the bottom score is lower because our defense does not need to put up points like that again. The reason they put up points like that because they were undisciplined in the first half, and then the offense made huge mistakes, mainly Baker Mayfield and the play calling by Freddie Kitchens. Huge mistakes in the fourth quarter and allowed the score to get get worse. It's like so. Freddie Kitchens was not cooking in the kitchen. It was like he was cooking on somebody else's grill and he just burnt the meat. Today. Let me tell you what he did, okay? Because he has Baker. Right. Okay? But – Sometimes you've got to get the good yeast for that bread to rise. Yeah. And he put baking soda in it. And so that bread's not going to rise right now. So 
Freddie Kitchen's got to put the right ingredients, call the right plays, and get this team back on track. And our our John Dorsey, the guy that's put this team together, that has created this hype team that we have. Yes. Go out and get Williams for freaking Washington. Just trade for him. Yeah. Get, I don't care if you give him the first-round pick for this year. I don't care if that's what you have to do. If he's out for a couple of games, at least we're going to have a high-tier left tackle protecting the backside of our quarterback. Because you gave up Kevin. Yeah. Well, Kevin and was a right guard, but they don't but, have anybody but, to replace that's Joe the Thomas. Problem. When you're pulling your, your, <laughs> you're pulling your right guard to put your left tackle, we lost Joe Thomas. Joe Thomas is not coming back. He's done. He's Oh, no, he's done. Everybody needs to get that through their head. I mean, he's he's in perfect shape. Why would he want to go back to being I, a fan? I really thought we were going to he draft. Does. Hey, w- breaking news. Breaking news. It's not really even breaking. Breaking news. But Joe Thomas does keto. Boom. Oh, go. well, there you go. So, back to the point. We spent draft picks beefing up areas that didn't need completely beefing up because, let me put it this way. I'm not going to disagree with you. There's some guys that were let go that – I don't feel like we're necessarily needed. Uh, I like talkie talkie, okay. See only talkie. And I like and I like Mac, but I really felt that Avery and them still fit the system. Avery's still there. Yeah, but well, was he active though? I think he was. He might have been hurt this week, but oh. he was active. Well, my whole thing is is we had some guys that they did not return or were let go or traded, and it shows. And number one is the offensive line. I think we wasted. Pa- uh, I think we wasted draft picks on the defense when we should have been beefing up the offense. Offensive line, simple as that. I said yeah. this week two of our podcast, episode two. Go back, listen to it. I told y'all were like, no, 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 no. It happened. So and again, the only now, now I can tell you, Brian, you're welcome. So Kevin Zeitler. Was the right guard? He was the only person that was truly let go from the offensive which line, which was terrible. But a terrible. You think release. about our, but you think about the middle of our offensive line. We had, we have Joel Petonio, we had J.C. Treader, and we have Kevin Zeitler. So we had three very strong interior linemen, and then we have two weak pieces like Hubbard and Robinson on the outside. But you didn't have to worry about it when you yeah, had. That's what I'm saying. Those you had solid pieces, and now you only have two. You have a left guard and a center, and a center, and that's it. And that's not that's not something that's going to push around anybody. The strong left guard and the strong right guard play helps the tackle play, but it also you gotta you gotta talk to Baker Mayfield too. He held that ball on way too long. Two things there: he held the ball for too long, right? And why are we calling long developing routes when you need to get the ball out in less than two point five seconds? Right. We don't need to wait for something to develop. We need to have routes that are bam, 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 good to go. Then you stretch the field. That's cool. how you. That's how we did it last year at the second half. We didn't wait for these long developing routes. We had quick developing routes. Hit them, hit them, hit them. Everybody backed off, and we jumped them. Right. That's what we did. That's that's what happens. But we didn't do that today. when when your back's against the wall. One because you went away from the running game after the first series. Yeah. I don't know if y'all watched that first drive, but did you look at what Nick Chubb was doing? Nick Chubb and was doing even, great. And even when even when it was trash time, he was still put, picking up the three to four yards. Right off, I don't care if we're only getting three yards first play. It opens the playbook when you continuously run this air raid system. After you go from a a well balanced run and and pass attack to score in less than two minutes, I mean, I don't know what to say. Yeah. I, all, all I'm very confused on is, one, what happened to the game plan after the first one, and get 
rid of the penalties. Yeah. Go get an offensive lineman and let's get let's get let's go get cleaned up next week. Because Nick Chubb had three runs, three first down runs. We're talking about twelve to thirteen yard runs called back for holding. Exactly. And so he was sixteen rushes for seventy four yards. And he should have been well. Game. He should have been. He should have well been the one twenties, one thirties. And so, I think if we can clean up the penalties and we can actually create a better game plan and stick to it and create more fast, fast moving, developing plays rather than let's wait and see kind of things, you got to get that ball out fast, especially with a line that's very mediocre. Let's stop passing the ball on third and three and third and one and Use start Nick pounding. Chubb. Yeah, and don't take Nick it's, Chubb after out of the game. Why? Why? So. Why? So, I think we've explained that enough. I think we've I think we've hit the points of why our loss was so bad. Yeah. But we need to call you out, fans. Don't give up. Don't act like don't the, leave don't, after week don't one. Don't act like the New York Yankee fans and don't act like the Dallas Cowboy fans. Let me tell you this. Dallas Cowboy fans act like that. Yeah. Let me tell you this, okay? This is week one. Yeah. Week we, one. Here's the here's the things that kind of kind of set into motion in the fourth quarter when I was thinking about this and talking to my wife. These players never played together. During the preseason, our entire front, uh, our, our entire offensive team didn't play together at all during the preseason. So they didn't play, they didn't have any game action together. You can, pl- you can practice all you want, but what does Alan Iver say about practice? Practice. Practice. We talking practice? Are we talking practice? Let's talk about this. These players, this is their first game together. Literally their first game together. There seemed to good, be a good rapport between Baker and Odell. Baker still has that great rapport between Landry and him. Landry is amazing. David Njoku has been prone to drop passes. He dropped that one, but it he, happens, and it, and it and he got it over, and then yeah. he continued to catch it after that. When you put your team behind like that, and you don't have a game plan, and you get so far behind, you don't try to outthrow the game. You go back to your bread and butter, which is a run game with Nick Chubb, and you avoid those three interceptions. So these mistakes will be corrected. We have bright times ahead of us. Let's celebrate those bright times. This is a bad game. We got this bad game out of the way. The bell's been rung. We're down on the mat, but it's time to get back up and go back next week, Monday, and beat the crap out of the Jets. It's round two. This is our time to take it to those hapless, I don't want to say hapless, those Jets that people now think are better than us. Yeah. They're not. We're now no longer a hyped team. We're going to be looked at in the national media as a trash team. So now, and this is I'm crediting this to Molly, my wife, we're no longer considering ourselves a contender. And that's what this team did. We overhyped ourselves where the players even believed they were better than the other team. We go back, we got our butts handed to us, and now we play as the underdog, which we're supposed to do. And that's what we excelled at last year was being the underdog because nobody gave us a chance, and we proved everybody wrong by coming out and played the way we did the second half of the season. Love so, it. Yeah, Love it. That was from Molly. She gave me that she gave me that 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 stuff when I was talking coming home coming here to talk to you. All right. So let's get to this uh interview on our uh you know, how how things feel in Cleveland right now. I know that there's a few things that we had talked about previously before we recorded this. Yep. So none other than Brittany Mollis. Our Northeast Ohio correspondent. Here we go. Now joining us. Is our Northeast Ohio correspondent officially just a couple weeks ago here to bring out her best Caleb Crawdad personality, per, I guess impersonation as she can? Brittany, what do you got for us tonight? Hi guys. Hello. Hey Brittany. You hear my voice? Don't I sound so so positive right now? You sound like you got beat up, but you still have your wallet and your phone, so you're still good. <laughs> you were able to call nine one one. So. 
I, you know, everyone's being so ugly right now. I, I can't, there's got to be someone out there, and I will be that someone to remind people that everything's going to be fine. We're good. Yeah. Except for the, yeah. you know, last nine minutes of the fourth quarter and we have a mass exodus out of our stadium. Katie's really angry yeah, right was, now. So. I was, was more, I was more disappointed as a Browns fan to watch them walk out like that. That was ridiculous. It was, it was disappointing. Yep. So let's let's take away your positive takeaways because I got a few positive takeaways, but I want to know what you have to give to our fans and the Browns fans just to say settle up a little bit, guys. This is week one, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe we jumped the gun a little bit, and by that I mean a lot. Um, you know, we overhyped them, of course. I I'm still going to do that. <laughs> That's. I said today, that's, that's, that's our job. Now, that's our job to yeah. do. So you, you get so far into something, you're like, okay, I can't turn around now. I just got to keep going with this. That's what I'm doing. Um, but, you know, it's the first game. You got a whole new group of guys. You got a new coach. Like, everything's so new. So did I expect them to go out there and get beat the way that they did and how bad? No. Like, nobody expected this. No. But. Again, like it's a six, we have, you know, 15 more games. So all these people that are threatening to jump off bridges, and I saw someone just now say Hugh Jackson never had, you know, a team this unprepared. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess they forgot about our 016 season. Yeah. And our 115. So. Yeah. And yeah, Brad, there weren't a whole lot of positives today. Um, you know, Jarvis Landry, that's my positive. He's my positive takeaway. He did. He did good today. Um, yeah, the the penalties yep. buried them. Um, but you can't. They beat themselves. And as much as people were talking about, oh, the refs, the refs. I there were like oh, you know some tiggy no. tech calls. That's true. But like for the most part, everything that they called was very warranted. They yeah. did these like when you know that guy kicked the guy in the face like. What what were they doing today? Well, think about it, like, because what you just said there is that a lot of people want to do uh, the refs, like the refs' fault. The refs frustrated me, like, because it was very one sided on the flag side. But mm-hmm. we didn't do ourselves favors by allowing the refs to concentrate on us with like five personal fouls in the first half. Like, yeah, we we beat ourselves before the refs decided to say, hey, okay, we're going to call everything for against the Browns. Right. So. We beat ourselves. We didn't come out uh, prepared, or it didn't even seem like disciplined. I think that first drive was amazing, but after that, mm-hmm. there was just no discipline and preparation there. There was just uh, it was the only thing that we were preparing for was preparation H after the game because it was just <laughs> it was a rough <laughs> ride, man. It was a rough ride. So I don't it know was. about y'all, but my silence says enough. For KT's still <laughs> over here fuming right now. Oh, I, so I, I'm still red in the face, and I'm not red in the face. The fact that okay, number one. What killed us was penalties, which we've been killing us for years. For the past, mm. I don't know, four years for sure has been penalties. When Forever. we're losing these close games. I mean, the positive note, we started off hot. And then what do we do? Yeah. We get away from Nick Chubb again. Mm-hmm. I, that that was my penalties and getting away from the run game. Yep. If we're going yeah. to be this, you know, high-flying, throwing offense, we need to make sure that, we established the run game, and I felt like that was after that first play. After that first series, it was like, where did Nick Chubb go? I didn't right. see him until the fourth quarter. 
Yeah. And that's not that's not what we saw last year. I it when he took over, we we're seeing an equal amount of passing, an equal amount of running. Now we're just seeing mm-hmm. this. I I don't I don't want to watch an air raid system. We don't need it. We got plenty of yeah, plenty yeah. of talent that we give Nick Chubb the ball, let him run the ball. All right. So yeah, that's my I agree that's my rant you. right now. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna agree with you, KT. I'm agree with you there. Wow. So settle down a little bit. I'm Simmer down now. Simmer down now. Amped. Um, question Been drinking for Mountain you. Dew all day. <laughs> Jacked up on Mountain Dew all day long. <laughs> Pounce on you like a spider monkey. Um, so let's think about this. Since you're our correspondent, we asked you to, to uh, as a favor, and, you know, jokingly as a favor, but also the mood before the game. How was the mood of the city and the energy of the city before our Browns took on the Titans? Well, here's the thing. I was supposed to go to the game today. I didn't end up going. I had um, – my plans fell through. I was there last night. Um, as you saw, like, the videos and stuff, there were already people, you know, tailgating and lined up in the lot at, like, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we, we were all very excited for this. And, you know, nobody, nobody could have anticipated that today would have gone this way. I mean, even, like, you know, the pessimists, of it, I don't think even they would say, Wow, this was shocking for everybody. Um, the, the, the energy was great. The energy was there. Everyone was so excited. So, you know, obviously that's why they're taking it so very hard. Yeah. So but, what's what's the energy like now? Like wh- if you stepped outside, how would it feel? Like what's everybody's award now? Um, for the most part, like deflated. Deflated. Everybody's just down. Yeah. See, we, yeah. we, we experienced that in December 2015 when the, uh, mm-hmm. the Browns played the Bengals, and we basically were down by 20 in the first quarter. So, And KT gets mad about these fans, but most of those fans left in the first quarter. At least these stayed <laughs> until the fourth quarter. So. At least. Yeah. But yeah. It's, it's one of those things that I want to say. I was, I was frustrated, and I'm still frustrated, but at the same point in time, we needed to get punched in the mouth. We needed to. Mm-hmm. We, it, it, during the season, all the best teams get punched in the mouth at least one time. So yeah. I, I've seen the Patriots get beat by the Bengals th- by 30, and they still won the Super Bowl that year. So. Yeah. Not saying we're going to win the Super Bowl. I still say we're going to go twelve and four win the Super Bowl, but I got to back down that prediction. Maybe eleven five still win the Super Bowl, but I mm-hmm. think that we learn from this, and I think they start preparing better. So it's a, it's a tough situation. Oh, yeah. So absolutely, one thing they're going to definitely uh, change a lot of things. I think this was a very tough learning experience, but one that they needed because again, you know, it's a new group of guys, new talent. You know, on paper everything looks good. Freddie Kitchens, he's got to, <laughs> he's got to wrangle these guys up and be like, listen, this can't ever happen again. What was it like, 180 some penalties? Yeah, almost yards 200 yards of like, penalties. That's, yeah. So if I mean, you're, they if, almost went off their own record. Let's just it, say I this. I think the record was like 208. Yeah. In like the 50s, so they almost did that today. Yeah. I wish they would have, because at least something would have. We'd have broke know, a record. We're a record-breaking yes. team. So let me ask you this: you just, you just touched on a topic there. You're Freddie sure. Kitchens. Hypothetically, you're Freddie Kitchens right now. You're going into your office before you go talk to your players. You're mm-hmm. going to slam one of those natty lights, and then you're going to go talk. What are you going to say to these players? I don't even know. Like, I, what would you say to a team that just racked up that many? Like, I don't know. I would I, say you guys effing sucked. Like, today you guys sucked. You guys got knocked down, and you got knocked down again, and then knocked down again. And then you knocked yourselves yeah. out. So it's time to pick ourselves up. This is where we've we've seen we've seen the actual bottom. We've seen yeah. one in fifteen and we've seen 0 in sixteen. Like 
And there's guys yeah. on the team that experience that. So this is nothing. This is only a hiccup, and let's just move forward. So maybe Bill Belichick it and just say, on to New York. You know, that's all we got to do. Yeah. But the good thing, though, is I think our Indians are winning right now. Yep. Five so to two. What's the inning? It's the eighth inning. Eighth inning. So there, you go. there we go. We, but <laughs> I take that back. We're top of the ninth. Top of the ninth. Five and to we're two. winning five to two. Okay, let's just keep it going. Keep it going, Brad Hand. But here's the situation. One thing I've noticed on Twitter, and I don't know if you've seen this, we have this like give and take kind of situation, even during leading up into the Browns week, where fans yeah. were like, if the Indians season implodes, but the Browns you know win Sunday, does it matter? Like, do you is is that something you want? And so, what what's the deal with our fandom of, of not wanting more for all of our teams and wanting one team to implode just to make the other team better? Like, it just seems okay. like we have to give and take something to actually have something positive. Here, I can't explain why it started or, like, why it's even a thing that still happens, but there's always been this um, weird animosity that – I call them the tribe elitists. So, the, you know, like the, the super Indian fans that believe in everything Indian sell, you know, they – their whole lives pretty much revolved around human Indians. Yeah. And if you're not paying full attention to the Cleveland Indians during baseball season, they hate you. So it's like this weird like section of people who are actually kind of in their own way taking these little victory laps because the Browns got blown out today. Yeah. And they might, you know, kind of like the Browns, but the Indians are their world. So, you know, you can't – we want to, like, live in this world in Cleveland where everyone can't be happy all the time. And I think most Browns fans aren't like that. Um, you know, we all want to see the Indians do well, of course. But I, that's more like the Indian the, – the small section of Indian fans that do this, where yeah. it's just like, okay, this is our season. You guys can wait. Um, it, the Browns imploded today, so you know, let's take a little dig at them. Meanwhile, the Indians are doing good, yay! So I don't, I don't even know how to explain where this comes from, but it's definitely a thing that's going on right now. It's it's strange because it's it's it seems like it's it's prominent right now in the 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 Cleveland Twitter scene, yeah. and it's it's yeah. frustrating because I I think one person says you know if the Browns lose but the Indians sweep the series, are you going to be happy? Or vice versa, the Browns wins and the Indians lose the series. Are you gonna, and I was like, why can't we just have both? Why can't we just cheer right. for? Why can't we just cheer for both? You know, right? Like that's it. That's, I, I mean, I'll be bummed if the Indians lose, and I'll be bummed if the Browns lose. Like, why? Why does it have to be? Well, can you have this or this? And it's just like, well, like I can feel however I want to feel. If I want to feel sad for both of them losing, then I will. You know what? Who I'm both gonna blame here? Wins. Yay! I'm gonna blame Art Modell yeah. here. This is Art Modell. This is Art Modell's fault. Uh, <laughs> This is Art Modell. Yeah, wow. let's go. We're going to go back to 99 or 94 uh-huh. when he was going to move the team. Let's go back to 94. Mm-hmm. And the Browns gave him nothing but, like, the fans gave him nothing but, like, loyalty. And they gave him mm-hmm. sold-out games. Even when there was bad teams on the field, people still showed up at the Browns games. And he still sold the team. Like, he's not sold it. Yeah. He still moved the team to Baltimore. So, I think maybe that was the kind of the catalyst that – developed this give and take situation because right after that the Indians was I mean right at that point the Indians got good like yeah. and I think that's maybe what you know started this whole well we can't have the Browns but at least we got the Indians good and then, right and then you know that also so left weird, this though. area 
yeah, we're just, um, like, people were so Indians excited back in, like, the 90s. When the, when the Browns left and the Browns went there, so the Indians sort of filled this, like, void. But then, you know, once the Browns came back, people started being went back to the Browns. Because you know, Cleveland is a football town. It just is. And, like, I'm, you know, me, like, I'm probably, like, more of a basketball fan than anything else. But, like, you know, the, the Browns are the Browns. And that's, that's Cleveland's team. Yeah. So, like, I think it goes back to then where people feel this animosity towards the Browns because they came back and they they took the hands with them. And, you know, that's when Indians stopped selling all these games. People stopped going. The attendance, you know, dropped. And even if the Indians are good, their attendance is still lacking every year because it's just you're a football town or a baseball town and you just happen to be a football town. Yeah. I mean, it, it helps that, like, we had star players finally get to the team for the football yeah. and so that does take away from the Indians but you know the 480 straight sellouts was insane so oh yeah I you know we uh we're one of those things that we want you to see what kind of positive spin can you give all to these uh these negative brown fans right now that are just like flipping out if you had to talk to that guy off the bridge what would you tell to him what would you say to Mr. Bridge Jumper I just think that people need to be reminded that it's a long season and you know all this overreaction because of you know one game I said Browns fans. I, I tweeted earlier, I said, you know, I hyped Deshaun Kaiser for 16 games of a winless season. I'm not scared of any of Like, I, you could tweet me all kinds of negative things, and they are. Like, they're giving me crap all day about stuff. But, I mean, I don't care. I'm, <laughs> I'm built for this. This is fine. But, like, you just need to remind people that this happens to everyone. Yeah probably not this bad and the reason it feels so bad is because we were so overhyped which is you know in large part our own doing and i would do it again i don't care i'm having fun we're all having fun it's been a blast yeah so, this, the preseason was yeah. a blast it went on a little long the preseason went a lot longer so right? you're, you're basically getting out your game of murder and you're announcing to your twitter people and you're, you're basically calling your dad too saying hey we've had a murder here and we're gonna solve it that's what we're doing right now so let's <laughs> let's right. not be distracted by what's actually going on. Let's 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 yes. let's be distracted by what we want to distract ourselves with. So exactly, like we're too far in now, guys. You can't just like it's too early to just eat crow and be like, oh, we were wrong. No, like yeah. we're gonna ride this out a little bit. We had one really bad game. Okay, like you know, on to Monday versus the Jets. Like just chill for a second. Yeah. What about what about this though? Here's a, here's a tough question: Popeyes or Chick Fil A? Sandwich debate. What's that? Popeyes or chicken fillet? It's chicken sandwich debate. What you got? Oh my gosh! I've uh, I have to tell you guys <laughs> something. I have to reveal something right now. Are you ready? But are you breaking news right now? Breaking news! Breaking news! Yeah, this is a big one. I've never had Popeyes. Oh, really? Ever? Is it big up there though? Is it big in Northeast Ohio? Um, it's around, and like the closest one to me is probably like. 15 minutes away that's so that's like, too nah, far I'm that's too far away that. that's too far away. right so i don't i don't do that although i will drive like 20 minutes to a tim hortons to get like coffee <laughs> it's a donut <laughs> shop isn't that a donut shop out of canada tim horton yeah but they have yeah. they now have them in like the youngstown area which is wow. awesome because i don't i don't really think most cleveland areas have them the canada of ohio is youngston you guys are the canada right. of ohio so <laughs> it's yeah, crazy I, uh, and i've never had the the chicken sandwich at um, Chick-fil-A either. So here's the situation. I'm on keto, 
So I've never okay. had the Popeye's chicken sandwich, so I can't tell you. I've had Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich, and it's just the same sandwich everywhere you go. It's a great sandwich. Okay. they got a pickle on it. It's yeah. always confused me to put a pickle on a chicken sandwich. So, yeah, but have you ever had Burger King, like original chicken sandwich? Oh, I man. used to love that when I was a kid. We used to love Burger King, and we both have had some experiences with uh, some dysentery. So that's Ew. not... Oh, we died on the Oregon Trail, basically, so... Yeah. So, Brittany, that's all we got. I really appreciate you coming on tonight and being our Northeast Ohio correspondent. So, we're getting closer and closer. Keep your heads up. We're good. I I picked up my heads on my 20 minute drive to KT because KT apparently just wants to live outside of our town. So, I have to drive out to his house since he has the basement. So, I was like, you know what? I need to calm down and relax here. I could be Nick Foles. So, yeah. It could be. Everything's fine. It's all part of the plan. That's what I say when everything's going wrong. It's all part of the plan, guys. Yeah, exactly. So you got anything that you want to talk about? You got anything else that you want to go over? Or are you good for being the um, Northeast? Oh, one thing. Go for it. One thing that I do want to mention, and I shouldn't even do it, and I'll probably regret it immediately, but I've already talked about it twice today, so I have to say it here, too. Um, did you guys see Lamar Jackson's post-game press conference? Did not. Did not. No. Okay, one thing that you said, because, you know, I'm obviously a Lamar Jackson supporter. Yeesh. It's not like a well-kept secret. I'm pretty vocal about it. But after he threw for like a billion yards today, he said in the press conference, he was like, not bad for a running back. And I'm sorry. I just thought that was wonderful. So I just had to. I That's had a to good jab. That. That's a really good jab. Maybe he actually heard our maybe actually heard our podcast. Yeah, because we we call him running back all the time. He's yeah, a running I mean, back. That's, Hell, they even we, called him a running back today on like CBS Sports. Yeah. So, oh god, they were like well, it's having that runner in the backfield. Today. But well I will deserved. say this: with Lamar Jackson, he did great. But he went against the worst team in the NFL. Maybe, it's maybe, true. maybe. That's true, but it's so. a good confidence booster. Really is though. That helps out. It but I, I really hope his confidence goes right back down after he plays us. So <laughs> but, I don't play real. Well, Brittany, that's all we got. We greatly appreciate you coming on. Okay. Of course, thanks, it, guys. And again, we got one thing. If you don't wear orange and brown, you don't matter. That's exactly all right. right. Bye, bye. It's always positive having Brittany on. She puts uh, a light into the Cleveland Browns and the Cleveland fans to to stay positive, to keep pushing the team, to not shy away from still hyping up this team. We still got great players. Yeah. We still got it. We still got a great team. You know what we also have? What do we have? We have a brand new great segment coming up. Yes, we do. For week one. We're we're doing this for the rest of the season. For the rest of the season. It's our Fireside Chats. Fireside Chats. That's how we're going to touch on the positives. Let's get this started. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our first fireside chat. Fireside chat. We have moved our uh, mahogany chairs over here by the fireplace, and uh, we're sitting in a room surrounded by rich mahogany and uh, leather-bound books. That's correct. We are sifting on our impeccably delicious brandy out of Scotland and our sifters while we stuff our pipes full of the finest tobacco from the state of Georgia. George is the best. The best tobacco in the world. So as we sit here and reflect on this week, we want to reflect on the positives going forward into our NFL season. So I'd like to start. I really enjoyed how good our Cleveland Browns looked in those color rush uniforms. The color rush uniforms were amazing. If you could put any colors together for the fall season, football, it would be brown and orange. And it's just beautiful. 
It's like a sunset on Western Canada or in Matoba County, which is in Eastern Canada. Have you ever been there? Never. Neither have I. What also I liked was how passionate and how happy our fans were at the beginning of the game. Smiling faces. Everywhere. All the smiling faces. And there's going to be more of that to come this season. And that's a positive. We also enjoyed a very great first drive that was capped off by a missed field goal. Exactly. But a Dondrell Hilliard touchdown. The positive side of it. But let's move forward. Let's go back. On Saturday, our Cleveland Browns actually got to introduce and unveil a statue of a Cleveland football hero, Otto Graham. As his family stood there with their 14 jerseys on, representing Mr. Otto Graham, they unveiled the statue of him throwing a pass. And a tear came to my eye. A single tear. A single tear. And just one? Just one. Just one tear. And it was just beautiful. A positive note for my fireside chat was Miles Garrett got his sack to continue on his journey of being the greatest defensive end of all time. Two sacks. Exactly. And a hope and an open hand slap. And an open hand slap. That didn't get him picked out of the game. I will say this that I did not realize how strong Harrison's leg was until he kicked that guy in the head. And that was beautiful. His leg strength is impeccable. He has been definitely working with the strength coach. You can tell. All summer. You can tell on those quads. It was a beautiful, beautiful kick. Even if Freddie Kitchens possibly made the worst, you know, creation in the kitchen today. He forgot the yeast. It's okay, though, because he's still our chef. And he doesn't have a yeast infection. Which can be cleared up by Monistat. Go to your doctor to get that. Or call away 100 contacts. Why would any other contacts? So that you can see it. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. And that's our fireside chat, everybody. Fireside chat. Thank you for stopping by. We are sponsored by the tobacco products out of Georgia. The most impeccable tobacco. Along with our fireside chat. I mean, come on. That was pretty positive. It's good. It was pretty positive. We for built the first up week. the momentum going into the week. I mean, <coughs> I feel jacked up now. I can feel that my voice is just crumbling by the minute. KT yelled at the TV. It's almost as bad as Baker's three t- three interceptions. In the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter. A- with eight minutes remaining. And is almost one in interception first quarter. But we're talking about the positives here. But so we're talking positive, so let's stay positive. The positive note is we get to reset next week. Exactly. And the, the other positive was is that our tribe. Won five to two. Five to two. Go tribe. We are now, I think, five and a half game back again of the uh, Twins. And we're about a half a game to two games back of, I'd say a half a game back. I think that's what it was the last time I saw yesterday of the wild card. So we're going to double check that we're going to get our stats guy. Well, I'll tell you right now, we are number, we're five and a half game back. From the twins, yeah. From the twins. So we're five and a half. I was right about that. Ding. Wild card. Ding. And we'll try to get, let's see how fast this thing works. We are actually, looks like. One full game back. One game back. Okay, so we're only one game back of the actual wild card. Yes. So we'll take that. Let's move in. Let's get the momentum going. They took two out of three from the Twins. We took two out of four from the White Sox. We should have just swept the White Sox. 
Yeah. But for some reason, since we've taken claim for the uh, trap successes, you're welcome. They made the tri- They made those trades and kind of messed up some stuff. So we need to go in here and say, Puig, wake up, bro. Get that bat warm. You're like one in one for fourteen in your last. I mean, X one in like yeah, one in fourteen in his last like four games. Right. Not doing anything. Mm-mm. So Slam Tan is still slamming. Yep. Lindor still Linden. Yep. He's gonna give me a few thousand dollars. So I asked him. So, but okay. you also have a rare form of cancer that he's donating to. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Well, I think that's it for today. That is it. This is our new podcast going forward. Oh, we have one more thing. Go for it. One more thing. Exciting news that happened. What about a week ago? Right after Bernie, like literally the same day. Yeah. Somebody. Oh yeah. You got a hold of somebody. I got a hold. Somebody super special to our hearts. Yeah. If you literally add two to his number, you have 21. Yeah, so Bernie plus Johnny equals Eric Metcalf. Metcalf. He has followed our show, and we are going to be getting him scheduled on to be a guest of ours soon. So it's going to be a good step to get a a, get one of our high caliber. One one of of our favorites. I'd say he was my favorite running back outside of Bo Jackson in the 90s. There you go. Him is Bo Jackson, Eric Metcalf, and Kevin Mack. There you go. That was the running backs. Exactly. I didn't care about anybody else. And just like that, we shouldn't care about anybody else or this game. So let's move on, just like this podcast is moving on. That's it. This is it. That's our show. Thanks for listening. See you next Tuesday. Bye. Hey, that's my line, bro. <laughs> Bye. Bye. And we out. Bye. This was episode 20. We know that our season didn't start off the way we expected it to, but it makes us think about what the late, great Paul Brown said. Win, you say nothing. When you lose, you say less. We just did a whole show about losing Paul Brown. You can shut the hell. What the? That would be taunting for 15. We just received another flag. God damn it, another flag. But that was our show. So listen to us next week at the Orange is the New Browns podcast.